0: And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. Make sure you're making your plans to join us at the Holy Grail, the last road game of the regular season next Saturday as the Bearcats take on Temple. One final run at the Holy Grail for this football season. Probably obviously do something as well for a bowl game. But as far as the regular season goes, Uh, This is the end of the road uh, for the watch parties at the Holy Grail, so make sure you are joining us and uh, having a good time watching the Bearcats work to put another victory on the board in between what are the two biggest games of the season, starting Friday night, 8 o'clock, with East Carolina. If you can't make it, head to the Holy Grail, watch the game at the Grail. But if you can't make it, I would do that. All right, let's get this show rolling. We've got a lot to get to tonight, Dave. We've got tons of things to discuss.
1: Very excited, as
0: always. It's a very busy time of the year. You you were very engaged Monday night. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking some basketball with you here later in the I, show.
1: Uh, I have a sick child, so he was asleep, and I was able to... To watch uh, the game with in, in peace and uh, you know so it's nice <clears throat> that part. It was great,
0: absolutely outstanding. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to Navy first and uh, put a put a lid on that. Uh, I, I said this Monday night. I'll say it again. I, I'm just look. The only thing I'm the the thing I'm most happy about being done with playing navy is it it is such a boring brand of football to watch and it's insane because the games are over like one of my biggest complaints with college football right now are 4 hour games. The games don't need to be 4 hours. But if that's what it takes to have 3 hour games We're going to be a nipper till midnight on Friday night. Well, yeah, the
1: the second half was especially grueling because the first half flowed fairly well. And so they had a whole lot of three-minute commercial breaks that they didn't get to do in the first (laughs) half that they had to then do in the second half. Uh, Because I think there was one sequence where – I think it was when UC scored commercial – kickoff commercial was just like, oh my God, this is, this is so bad, but, but yeah, it's just, it's just one of those situations that if, if, you know, and like I said, Sunday morning, like I caught myself in the moment, probably being too critical of not getting stops and then come to find out that they forced almost 50% three and outs on real drives. It was just the ones that they didn't force three and outs on ended up being like, you know, 10 to 16 play drives. It wasn't a one first down and then a punt. So they weren't getting the ball back quickly. And so it just, you know, they let them kind of do their thing and then we're better, much better in the red zone. Um, And they had all their successful drives basically offensively in the first half. So the second half was not fun to watch. And it usually never is against Navy. And you just kind of hope that you don't have some busts. And they didn't, which was good. Um, Yeah,
0: there was really, there was really, the only three and out was the drive at the end.
1: Yeah, UC's they, only three and out was the final drive, which I don't, yeah, really, I mean. I don't, they don't they even really count because it's they weren't trying to do anything. Yeah. Um so in the and it's just such a one-off situation. Like both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, you just don't see you don't see a ton of defenses that pressure a ton and then bail their corners. Um, you know, like you've seen you see in the past, they pressure and pray, play and more lot, aggressive. Play a lot of press man, because right. they want like they want the guys to be covered when they're forcing you to throw quickly. Where Navy is like, we're gonna pressure and bail because we know our corners can't stick with anybody. Yeah. So uh, we, don't,
0: we don't have a time for Temple yet, right? Correct. No, I can give you a okay. little in,
1: a little insight on that. So you're looking at 11 a.m. on ESPN two. Woof. Uh, well, here's here's the thing: is if as being a road game, eleven a.m. on ESPN two, and then I think there's a an afternoon window on ESPN U, and then a streaming window, which I guess would be whenever Temple wants it. Those are the th- sounds like the three AAC options. So you're looking at UC Temple, UCF Navy. And ECU-Houston are the three games. <clears throat> Which so one do you see, think
0: it'll end up being?
1: If you see wins, they're very likely ranked. So I would guess that means 11 a.m. because it's ESPN2. It would be a standalone game. Um. They they did that this particular week, I think, because they're shoving four games in. I think there's a late nighter on ESPN two as well, so they can get four games in. Um so I would think it's either the eleven or the afternoon on ESPN U. But Temple also brings literally nothing to the table, so it could be on ES- it could be the streaming game no matter what. It's like if UCF wins, they're still ranked, and Navy, you know, always brings up you know some some eyeballs. They beat ECU, right? And then ECU in Houston. If ECU loses in Houston, I'm if ECU loses, I'm guessing that's the streaming game.
0: Yeah, because Houston's pretty much Houston's
1: out. You know, ECU would be out. You know, <clears throat> yeah, but not, not, not great. Not great, uh, you know, not, not great options either way. I personally, I, I for me, I love it. Like, you get the game in, you watch it, and it's over. You can do whatever you want the rest of your day. I I don't like. It, that's
0: the thing. I don't hate it when it's over, <laughs> right? Like. But getting down to the grail, getting set up, get everything organized, and getting all that together for an 11 a.m. game just is a pain in the ass. I think. Getting people to come down to the grail at 11 a.m.
1: I think the team would prefer it. You get into to attempt to to Philly Friday night, Friday afternoon, whatever. You wake up. You don't have to. The worst part about road games is killing time. Yeah. So you don't have to kill time. And. you get the game over with, and you get back the same day, and there, and that's that. Oh, you'd be
0: back by dinner. Oh yeah, eleven a.m. kick.
1: Mm-hmm. Be
0: ready to be be at the grail by six o'clock. Maybe maybe five thirty. <laughs> but finishing up on Navy, um, yeah, I just, I, it's so boring. Like it's so, like, I, I found myself every time there was like a four yard run on first down being irrationally angry <laughs> because I knew that meant they were going to get a first down. Right. Almost every time they were second and six or greater, a first down was coming. Um, And not like, not irrationally angry because the Cincinnati defense gave up four yards, but irrationally angry because I knew that meant, we were going to have to watch that set of downs, another set of downs, and we were looking at a, a minimum four-minute Navy drive incoming. It right. drives me insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way they operate, and I'm cool not having to deal with it anymore.
0: Yeah. Um, like the four-man, the 4-4, the four four, sometimes it was a four- Five three, is that four that's, five two?
1: Twelve players. four yeah. five two four five two
0: I saw a couple times there were four down linemen and five linebackers on the field, and then like you know they were only putting one wide receiver out there. Yeah. So one corner and one safety or two corners and no safeties with Deshaun playing a little bit. Like yeah, I
1: mean with back. with Xavier Arline, they were not going to throw the ball. No. Like his his two it was his two runs were were kind of you know infuriating because they got pressure so quickly on those two plays. He didn't even have time to be like, maybe I should throw it. Right. He just like took off and, made you know, and there's that is super athletic and shifty and everything and made some guys miss. But it was like, if they did not been so, you know, successful in their pass rush, he maybe stands back there another half second or second and then actually throws the ball, but they got back there so fast. He was just like I'm out. <laughs> He's like I'm not even, not even taking the chance.
0: Yeah, Th- this is not for me.
1: So you know, it's frustrating that you know their two most significant runs came on on scrambles, but I think that's you know, <clears throat> it's just sometimes what happens. <sighs> um. Offensively, we tried
0: to tell y'all that there wasn't going to be much of a run game.
1: Yeah, I think that's <laughs> kind of where we're going to be the whole rest of the year. Maybe, maybe outside Temple, but um, I would not expect much. Yeah, you know, would love to be proven wrong, but I would, I would expect this to be a a sling it seventy percent, sixty five percent of the time offense moving forward.
0: Yeah, ECU um, does a lot of the same stuff, though. They, they they stack the box, they run blitz, they're very aggressive.
1: They're very aggressive, but we'll get into it. they. They're not successful with it.
0: Right. Well, they're <laughs> so. not always successful with it. Um. Thank you, Richard. What do I think about doing one Big Twelve recap last week of the season uh, versus all AAC recap shows? I don't. I don't know where the. Uh, the benefit in that is I don't know yet <laughs> that our audience is looking for Big Twelve shows.
1: Well, we will we'll have, have, trust we'll me, have we'll have plenty of time for Big Twelve. Believe me, we don't want to talk about the AAC any more than we have to. It was Unfortunately. Funny. Right.
0: Unfortunately, Dave, Aaron, the AAC got interesting down the stretch. Like with the way things have played out, it would have been even more interesting if Houston didn't uh For if sure. the Houston defense had attended the SMU game. Um where they had like they had they were in that weird spot where they could they could sneak in um and not be any good.
1: Yeah their only loss in conference was to Tulane. Right. And they don't they didn't play UC or UCF so it's like if they end up having one loss uh, you know, that junks up and UC has one loss and Tulane has say UC beats Tulane and they have one loss and um, UCF would be out then because Tulane would beat them, but there'd be those three teams. I have no idea how that tiebreaker works when one of the teams didn't play one of the teams and, you know, don't, right. don't really care to know. All I know is that the AAC put out their, uh, future schedules for uh, football in the next few years. And I've looking at, uh, I saw a tweet from like ECU where they had all the logos up and whatever. Oh. Never been, I mean, honestly, like I've never been happier to not be in this conference moving forward than I was looking at, at those logos.
0: How hard would it have been? To keep doing this if, if UC got stuck, if they got left behind, if they were Memphis or SMU.
1: I mean I mean you could have a legitimately like you could have a home schedule night. It would UC wouldn't have this wouldn't have happened to UC, they would have been paired up with like a Memphis or whatever. But mm. you would have you could have had a home schedule of like Memphis, um, Rice, UAB, and Charlotte as your four home games in conference. Right. Yeah, woody. That's uh That is the definition of booty.
0: It's not good. <laughs> it's not it's not it's
1: good. good. We might have a home schedule next year of Oklahoma, Baylor, TCU, <laughs> Oklahoma State, West Virginia, UCF right. like
0: <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a whole Whole different ballgame. The other thing, Richard, is I just don't I don't have a ton of Big Twelve knowledge yet.
1: We're just not really, yeah, we're show. not really following it close enough to to glean like super opinion, like super in depth opinions on any of it. Um Yeah.
0: We will. We'll get there. Dave's gonna be studying Big Twelve rosters the entire offseason. Oh, buddy. He's very excited about it.
1: And like in the in the Athlon preview, I might have to write some more words because the Power Five conference teams get two pages.
0: More, yeah, more more space.
1: Yeah, you get a, they, whole, they gonna, a whole a whole whole you know page so to speak when you open the magazine. You get the left and the right side. They gonna pay you more for that? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> better, better. This stuff ain't free.
0: No. Um, I and mean, that's all I've really got on Navy. Uh, there you go. For I know there were some people that wanted us to do more talk about the the previous game in this space. Um, they, they did. They called this the flagship show.
1: David. Oh, we're like the, the mo- flagship mother- of we're the BCJ like the, network. The mothership. Yeah, e- this or is the ESPN.
0: This is the rock. This all is the right. rock that makes all the other stuff. You know, <laughs> orbit around, orbit around it orbit around the bcj universe well um so there you go t- about
1: twice as many of you people are watching the uh you know the orbit show on sunday morning than you are now so you better pick it up
0: so going, talk good to see you i like this dave um so if they don't let you put your name in it you should randomly hide your name in the athlon sports preview oh, could be like fun. a treasure hunt
1: like uh, look, you know, capital I,
0: letters, all the, all the, all like the start. What of if each I just, sentence? Like,
1: no, what if I was just like, they got a, a transfer from David Simone to see if they even like realize that that's not a real player? Eh, I think the editors <laughs> would catch that.
0: I think the editors would catch that. But if you do like the first letter of the first sentence is D, the second letter is a, the second letter of the, or the first letter of the second sentence is a, that, um, uh, uh, that could it's it's it, it would be a great challenge.
1: It would, and I usually send this to them after the third email that they've sent me asking me when they're going to get it. So <laughs> uh, that that might hurt that procrastination. It's a great idea, though. I like. I was just thinking maybe we could just like say that I was tr- transferring in.
0: I think they would catch it somehow, some way.
1: There's only one way to find out.
0: <laughs> and then they stop asking you to do it, which I don't think you would care one way or the other. Yeah,
1: I don't know. They pay pretty well. Instance, they do. It's quite easy money.
0: <laughs> it is. Um, I guess we will go ahead and just get to the the, the matter at hand. Since We've got this some, is, qu- uh, some
1: questions already in the chat that I don't want to lose. Should we Should we? Okay, go ahead. answer those real quick?
0: We can. Absolutely.
1: Go uh ahead. I think we've touched on this a little bit in other pods, but you know, why is kind only getting one to two carries? Is it simply poor pass pro? Is there anything else there? Uh, I just think he's third. Like Chuck has had a very good season and has deserved and, and won the majority of the carries. And then Brian Montgomery is good in pass pro is a good pass catcher. And when you're only running the ball 15 ish times a game, there's not a huge reason to give three guys carries.
0: Well, five, five, five. Like, I mean, that makes
1: no sense. How do you, you know, your start, your your starters rushed for 700 and something yards had a, had a very, very good season. And you're just going to, you're going to give them a third of your carries. Like no, no program, no football team really does that at all. So
0: Monty, I think Monty is definitely your best pass protector. Chuck is good at it. Kiner would be third uh, in that. But like,
1: if that, you're if Chuck's you know, in on a pass play, I want him being an option to catch the ball. Right. I, that's the, the next thing
0: I was. That's the next thing I was going to get to. Chuck and Monty are also your first and second options as pass catchers out of the backfield. And that's not to say Keiner can't do it. It's saying that he's third. Like, I, I think people just get so lost in mental expectations. I, like, when Evan Prater committed, there was a mental expectation of what it looked like, a a time frame to get Evan Prater on the field. And when Ben Bryant left, everybody assumed Evan Prater's time was this year. Then Ben came back and it threw everything off. Corey Kiner transfers home. Everybody's very excited about Corey Kiner. I can tell you this. Everyone inside the program is still super excited to have Corey Kiner in red and black. It's just that he is sitting third right now.
1: And he's that's a, and he's a red shirt freshman. Right. Like. If he wasn't Corey Kiner from Roger Bacon who went to LSU and was just Corey Kiner from wherever that came to UC right out of the gate and was a redshirt freshman, like there's a ton of redshirt freshmen on this team right now that are not playing, we wouldn't be having the same conversation. Now, I know his his talent and what he's done and, and earned is a reason you have that conversation, but like... He's still like, he's behind two in Chuck's case. I don't know what your senior junior you want to call him. And in Ryan Montgomery's case, fifth year, I think uh, like they're just veteran dudes and he'll get his shot at a, even, even maybe more of an accelerated rate than most players do. Right. There's not a lot of players in UC's program. You see it in the big, in the, Bigger programs with the five stars that come in and contribute right away and whatnot. But, like, there's not a ton of dudes in UC's program that have just stepped in and, is a, and as sophomores or redshirt sophomores are like main contributors, you know, high, le, high usage, high snap count people. It's just, it's not right. the way their program typically operates.
0: Right. It's year five. It took five years for Ben Bryan to get the starting job at Cincinnati. He had to leave and come back. It, it took Charles, Montgomery, Charles McCall and Ryan Montgomery are members of the 2018 recruiting class. Now, Monty redshirted because of his knee injury. But it took those guys a long time to get on the field. <clears throat> Was there anybody losing their mind? when that? Well, yeah, a lot of people lost their mind that Ben wasn't on the field. But I digress.
1: no i I mean i think i now that he is i understand excitement and like dude corey Kiner is one of the best high school players i've ever seen and when when a kid goes to lsu he didn't go to lsu because it was a a, you know a charity offer and he played as a freshman so, like, yes. And he's going it. to
0: be very good as a Cincinnati Bearcat.
1: Right, I get it. Like he transfers to UC and you're like, all right, let's let's rock and roll with this dude. Like, but you're then also kind of saying you're kind of also casting away the fact that this team has been loaded and really good for a while. We should not just expect that anybody is gonna come in and bump the guys that are already here out of their starting spots. Like they're damn good players too. And they're certainly not going to give up their carries or snaps regardless of what position you are without a fight. And you know, you're a little bit behind the eight ball when you come in as a transfer. He was banged up in the he didn't do anything in the spring. He was well, banged he was in LSU in the spring. From yeah, from didn't do anything in LSU in the spring because he was banged up. So right. he's not even like working for them. Then he comes here, he's getting acclimated, he gets banged up in the fall in fall camp. Like, it's not you're, – you're just asking a lot of a guy that doesn't have – just doesn't have the snaps, doesn't have the muscle memory in the UC offense. Like, Chuck and Monty, like, know the UC offense about as good as anybody on the roster right now. Like, who, who on the offense those, probably knows the offense better than those two? Ben? Maybe Ben, maybe Lenny? And Josh and
0: Lenny, yeah.
1: Not It'll even Josh, it, right? they're, they're older than Josh. I mean, they've been in Josh it was longer. 2018.
0: No, Josh. Oh, is 18. He,
1: he was 18 too. Yeah. So, yeah. like,
0: that's the bulk of this roster right now. The, the 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 meat of this roster right now is that 2018 class. Here, here's my hot take, Dave. What's your hot take, Chad? I'm out on hometown heroes on offense. They're great on defense. Defense is nameless. Like, you know. The defensive guys have worked out fine. The offensive guys, maybe I'll take the linemen. Quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, maybe wide receivers, whatever. Quarterbacks and running backs, I'm out on hometown heroes. I'm over it. (laughs) (laughs) People are booing Ben Bryant before the game starts.
1: I mean, I I don't really understand booing college athletes in general, regardless of the circumstance. Uh, I'm much more inclined to boo the coaches because they're the ones in charge and they're the ones that are supposed to be putting players in the best position to succeed. It's not always on the players. Like, as you hear it a lot in the NFL, especially, like, this guy busted out. You know, he just didn't have it, and it's like, well, what kind of like, isn't it the coach's responsibility to to figure out what guys do well, and and use their abilities, and then coach up their deficiencies? So, I just, it's just not something that I can ever get behind because it's not something I've ever done. Right. Um, so, I, you know. I understand fan frustration. Like, that's that's fine. Like, you can be frustrated. You can, I just, I don't know. Like, it's just weird to me. Like, that you're going to have, like, legit vitriol for, uh, yeah, just like a 21, 22-year-old college player.
0: Um. Here. Here's a good question. I think Mick was out on hometown heroes after the pressure he saw Yancey went through. Um, outside of Kevin Johnson, did he target any Cincy Kid? Uh was he out on them? No. Was he much more aware of the difficulty of what it takes to, to handle that type? And Yancey was a bit of a different animal because there were, you know, there were places that had Yancey as a five star. And there's additional weight. Like Evan Prater, like Corey Kiner, who high four stars, there's additional weight. And maybe that's the thing more than it is, like, you know, the, the uh, ironically, the kids that have had the most success coming to UC from Cincinnati High Schools have been the lowest rated kids. Yeah. Who are the two highest-rated players in in or highest graded players? In all of Division I FCS football right now.
1: Uh, Ivan Pace and Dante Corleone, I think, are pretty highly up there for defensive guys.
0: Dante Corleone, I'm talking defense. Dante Corleone was the lowest-rated position player in his class. Uh, Ivan Pace was, I believe, either a low three or a high two-star that went to Miami. Had to prove it at Miami for three years before coming back home. They don't face that kind of pressure. That pressure that grows as an Evan Prater, as a Corey Kiner becomes stars in high school that everybody in town knows about. And then it carries to UC. And we saw it with Yancey and some of that, let's be honest, was Yancey's doing. Um, We saw it with Jaron and I I would consider Jaron a Cincinnati kid. Wouldn't you?
1: Oh, for sure. Wilmington's not far away.
0: Right. Uh, And, Jaron came down and played against Moeller and Cubcath. And like, he, he was a Cincinnati kid for all intents and purposes. And he went through a lot of that scrutiny. I think just being a highly rated local makes it difficult not only for the kid, but for the coaches. Because the expectations are that those kids are immediately going to come in and be great because they're from here and they came to UC. It's a, it's just a, because of the microwave nature of our society, it creates a lot of toxicity that's, that's unfortunate because like we talked about a ton in this quarterback thing, because we have to talk about Ben winning the job. People take that as we're talking down on Evan and that's not the case. People want because we're talking about Corey being third on the running back depth chart, that we're talking bad about Corey.
1: If you have a good roster, someone is going to be third. Right. Like that doesn't mean that they're bad or they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like we want a roster like that. You don't you don't want a roster where where there's already a ton of good players on it, and then it's not this like just automatic shoe-in that every kid that transfers into the program is like well he's a starter because the rest of our roster sucks so bad uh, right you know we haven't even seen if he knows our offense but he's got to start because he's he's by far the best player we have
0: um Stephen Chenault says I, I think some people on this podcast network thought jQ might be starting by this point of the season and JQ was here for spring practices also hi JQ guess what happened Stephen exactly know. what we're talking about. <laughs> jq challenged jaquan shepard for that starting spot they went head to head and jaquan shepard elevated his level of play iron sharpened iron right and jaquan shepard won the job do you hear anybody booing jaquan shepard when he takes the field no i don't do you hear anybody like do you hear the stands blow up when JQ comes in to uh, to to get some snacks, <laughs> no. do the stands erupt when six comes on the field? Do they even no. notice? Right, that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's exactly what I'm getting at.
1: I guess the, the the overarching theme to kind of this whole thing that I that I have never really understood, and and coaches are n- never without fault. You, know, you don't make 100 percent great decisions. Of you, course you, not. Of we course have no not. idea you know, if if Evan was playing or if Corey was playing. I, I can't sit here and tell you that the offense wouldn't be humming at a, at an efficiency that it's nowhere near where we are now. I have have no idea. Um, But I just always find it interesting that when a coach like Luke, who has, who has, you know, been a pretty strong, has a pretty strong percentage as a, as a plus positive decision maker. You know, I don't think you, you end up winning like 50 out of your last 58 games because you're, you're, you're starting the wrong players or you're making the wrong decisions on fourth down or, you know, things like that. But yet we have people, a, a segment, maybe it's a small vocal segment, but we have a segment nonetheless that like basically says, I don't think he's making the right decision. Like, does he not, he hasn't built up some form of equity to like, you know, based on the fact that we've been to the playoff and won the conference two years in a row and one double digit, you know, on the verge of a, a fourth, what fifth straight double digit win season, um, but we're gonna we're gonna basically say like you're making the wrong decision on who is the starting quarterback is, or how many carries a running back gets, or playing this particular type of defense. Like, why don't we see more men? I don't know, man. The three man has worked. They're fifty and eight over their last fifty eight games. I think Correct. the three man front has worked. There's not, I, I don't think there's very many games where I can look back and be like, they absolutely would have won that game if they would have played like 70% four man front. Right. Because they're winning
0: 80% of their games playing the three man front since 2019 when they switched to it against UCF. What have they lost since then? Twice to Memphis. Once to Georgia, once to Alabama, and twice this year. That's six games since 2019. They've lost playing the three man front.
1: Yeah, so I just, I just like whether it's the booing of the players, which I don't get, or like the the open, 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 what, openly, opining, questioning, like, like I get it. We all question plays. We question. I questioned what the hell was going on at the end of the first half last week. We all did. <laughs> but but I'm not like, I'm not stumping and being like, he is wrong about this. And you're not saying
0: before a snap was even played in the Navy game, someone on the message board said, if Prater doesn't play in these weather conditions, Luke and Gino have questions to answer.
1: Oof, one, there were no weather conditions. So, right. You know, um, <laughs> That's, and two, I want you know, I w- I would ask, did that person come back after the game and say, "Wow, Ben Ben played, you know, really quite well."
0: I didn't see that. If yeah, he did, well, he, he knows who he is. I sh- I'm sure he's listening. I'm just giving him a hard time, but
1: because if you're gonna if you're gonna cut it one way, you got to cut it the other. Specific, exactly, exactly. Like I can, um, I've been on this podcast, this one Sunday morning, whatever for several weeks saying, like, I would have no issue if they played Evan Moore. I don't think that's a slight on Ben. I think the offensive inefficiencies would that they have faced would be reason to figure out a way to incorporate him more. But that's not – but then when Ben plays really well, I have to go also say I can see why they didn't play him against Navy because Ben played pretty darn well. And there was really no reason to – to. You were playing – you were playing one of the worst pass
0: defenses in the country and one of the best run defenses in the country. Wouldn't have playing Evan in that game played two Navy strengths?
1: Well, now you're talking football and we don't, you know – Hey, Josh, that.
0: I agree. Hey, I get what you're saying, but if Jordan Marshall from Moeller wants to come to UC, I'm here for it. Me too. Well, Yeah. Me too. We're not you saying that
1: you don't take great. I'm clothes. being
0: facetious with the whole hometown hero thing. I'm not being serious with that.
1: I'm no, having there, but, some fun with but it. But there is a there you know, we have leaned into it that not we they have leaned into it, that's a thing. But there's also there there's are other,
0: downsides to recruiting. Well, I'm not, I'm not local even kids.
1: I don't even know if I'm there downsides. Are, there's just other elements.
0: Yeah that you have downsides to, probably isn't the right word.
1: That you there's other elements like if a kid comes here from you know you got i'll just use isaiah cox for example comes here from just outside knoxville tennessee like you don't have the same it's not the same type of recruitment right as a really you know whether it's a really good you know a really good play he's a he was a really good player at alcoa um you know the cincinnati kids are are some of them most of them all of them are really good players but like there's just different elements man you got and it's not bad elements. It's not like we're saying there's like hangers on, like chirping at the coaches and stuff. But like, it's it's got to be tough for the kids, man. You go, you go to your, you're from here. You're Evan Prater. You're from here. You're a state champion. You're a Mr. Football, and you know your boys and whoever are gonna have your back, and they're gonna tell you. Because I would do the same thing if it was one of my friends. You know, like you're young. You you know you understand. He understands. But it's like there's just other aspects. of recruiting kids from your town and not here's the other thing not a lot of other colleges have to deal with this because not a lot of other colleges are in college towns or in places legitimately in places that have legitimate high level talent
0: right like I, i do the high school football show on 1530 and 1360 right and that show is booked through the state championship every year for a reason what is that reason? Because Cincinnati teams play for state championships every year, right? Like if if if, if most of the teams in this area saw their season end in the, the regional finals or, or in the regional semifinals and next week was basically the end of high school football in Cincinnati, you know what I wouldn't be doing for the next three weeks? Two hours of a high school football show on Friday nights. Because there'd be there would the, the sponsors wouldn't pay for it. Right? There's great high school football here. Which means there's gonna be a bunch of great high school football players here. And I get that, but that doesn't automatically entitle them to a quicker path than everybody else on this roster. Because guess what, Dave? For the most part, everybody on this roster is fighting the same things that redshirt sophomore Evan Prater and redshirt freshman Corey Kiner are fighting, right? Right. Who are the redshirt sophomores that are kicking ass and taking names on this roster? I
1: don't know. You tell tell me. I don't think there's a ton.
0: So what's that? 2020 would be the redshirt sophomores?
1: Um, I mean, just just look at the like. Just look at the Evan offense. Prater,
0: Evan Prater, number one Raider recruit in that class. Jaheen Thomas, who is just now in year three, finding his way. Jaden Thompson. The last three weeks have seen him break out.
1: <laughs> the, right? yeah, the, the best the best player in the. My class. class is
0: Mason Fletcher. Mason Fletcher. <laughs> yeah. I, look, you know the funny part? I argued tooth and nail with 24-7 that Mason Fletcher should have been like an 87-88 level recruit based on his background, based on his family, like what his family had accomplished in Australian rules football in relation to all the Australian kids that were coming over and, and dominating the punting position, and I was told like, we can we can give him like an eighty-one, and that's the best we can do. And I was like, well, you're gonna you're gonna look stupid, you're gonna look bad because that kid should be at least in the middle of the class. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, Jaden Thompson just now getting getting going. Sammy Anderson just now getting going. Uh, De'Aaron McDonald is gone. Justin Watley just now getting going Chris Scott just now getting going Ethan Wright back at running back uh right now I don't know if many people have noticed that but <laughs> he's back on the offensive side of the ball Tyler Scott oh boy we, we we whiffed on that one that's one two three four five six seven eight that's the tenth rated 11th rated player in that class Tyler Scott Gavin Gerhardt Starting at center this year, Sterling Miles gone, Peyton Singletary behind Josh and Lenny. Deshaun Pace, like the 15th rated player in that class.
1: That one always, like, I still remember. I never understood that. Like, yeah. I I just, I was like, you guys are missing so bad on, on him.
0: John Williams, backup tackle. Todd Bumpus, backup corner. Jake Renfro, like the 20th rated player in that class. <laughs> and then Dominic Perry, um Norman Love didn't make it uh unfortunately because of an injury and yeah, that's a, that's about that's about it.
1: No, it's just uh,
0: like the transfers were Jordan Jones, that didn't work out. Michael Young, solid. And then some guy named Jerome Ford who turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. That's your 2020 class.
1: No, you just, I think you just, like, we're to the point now, like, and I think sometimes this this gets overlooked a little bit, is we talk a lot about the, the recruiting aspect of it. Yeah. But they are just as good, if not better, at the development part. Correct. So they're developing these kids into – you know, just look at the draft class last year. I mean, those guys were all developed into draftable players who, for the most part, are having very, very successful rookie years. Right. So when a four-star transfers in or is recruited, like the, the evidence is there that they're developing the players that they recruit and that the recruiting rankings don't really matter because they're developing them into all really good to pretty good Players, so why would we think that someone is just going to come right in and 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 just take over a position at this point? Even after the you know departures from last year, like those guys that were still in the roster, waiting their turn for a Sauce Gardner, for a Brian Cook, whoever to, my j Sanders to leave, they're really good too. So it's yeah, you know, we've probably belabored the, the point a little bit, but you know, I just think there's some some patience in understanding when you're when you are a really good program that it's there's good depth. It's harder for it's harder for guys to crack that too deep. It's harder for guys to get significant snaps. That,
0: that's not an indictment on the talent of Evan Prater or the talent of Corey Kiner or the coaching staff just totally fucking up. It's and even, using the wrong guys.
1: Not indictment at all, at all. It's it's a. I positive. know, but I
0: think that needs to be said. It's a positive. You're right. <laughs> this is a really talented roster. So, yeah, I didn't. And, I didn't mean to take us in that direction, but I, like, I, well, I had to get to it. Way to go! Look, this is thanks. the flagship. This is thanks, the flagship. Thanks
1: for nothing.
0: This is the flagship operation
1: oh ucf superfan i am not angry at all my kid has been asleep since like five o'clock i am this is about as nice of a night as i get anymore
0: my my neighbors um just because (laughs) uh we have been going through so much with kelly um they came over about two weeks ago and they gave us uh gift cards to uh texas roadhouse so tonight we hit up texas roadhouse i had a steak had some chili a baked potato. Buddy. I couldn't be in a better mood.
1: That's right.
0: I, I couldn't possibly be in a better mood. Outside of that dipshit on Twitter that I'd had to dox and he deleted his account. <laughs> is what it is. Come at the king. You best not miss. Uh, I, uh, Natalie, I really a, wish I could hear a, the word family.
1: Ridiculous comment. by the way.
0: I know. That's why I said it. That's the whole point. <laughs> I really wish I could hear the word "family" without thinking of Brian Kelly. I
1: re- I really wish Brian Kelly had has would just be an awesome person and lean into it and have gone up to the podium after they beat Alabama and be like, and just done straight Cajun draw. What a night for LSU and my family! Like why? Did he, <laughs> like that would they already love? I mean, they're already like very happy with him obviously right now but like they yeah. would have just finally been like all right this guy isn't so bad like
0: so, like he would have, it would have been acknowledging the joke
1: yes right? of course he, sa- he it. sounded absolutely ridiculous whether he did it intentionally or, or not. i love like, it
0: here down on a bayou or maybe like if he dropped into a, a coach oh go taggers Oh, I know
1: yeah, that would be that the would, the would the be Donio. even more ridiculous <laughs> to than his, fam- his family. uh You know, comment.
0: It, you, you said, "Yeah, we're about to end up with three freaking SEC teams in the playoff." In nah. It's never going to happen.
1: That, that, no, it's not happening. But I was
0: not I this was year. Super, no. When we get to twelve, there might be four. Oh.
1: I mean, First and have,
0: second in each division is getting in with twelve. I'm telling you
1: right I now. I mean, what do, they, what do they have right now? You got Georgia one, Tennessee at five. Uh, Bama at nine. Bama's at nine. Ole Miss is eleven. Now Bama and Ole Miss play each other this week. LSU, LSU's in there, so yeah, there'd be five in the top eleven right now. LSU's
0: seven, yeah.
1: Um, but it, but LSU probably plays Georgia in the play. I mean, there's you know they're still going to get four on most years, right? Yeah, you know, so. But, hey, First and that's, second that's, in each
0: division is going to be right. those,
1: those teams are damn good. Yeah, they
0: are. No argument there. Um, all right, this, now we can get to UCF. Or to ECU. Sorry. We already we already played UCF, unfortunately. Um ECU. ECU. I'm going to make my opening statement on ECU.
1: I think we're going to be in agreement if it's if it's something that I heard you say somewhere earlier.
0: Holt is a good quarterback. Holton uh, Nailers. Uh, he's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's fine. Like he uh, and good. What do good quarterbacks do? Good quarterbacks have really high highs and really low lows. Right? That's a good quarterback. I and like in terms of when you look at their numbers. A good quarterback is is yeah, not somebody that's always good. It's not somebody that, that's he's always. Fine, and
1: he's And he's having a he's having a good year. You know why he's hard. having a good year? Why? Keaton Mitchell's a fucking dude. Keaton Mitchell is a dude.
0: Like like an NFL, I think. Maybe I'm crazy. But when I've watched ECU, which hasn't been a ton, but I've watched parts of like five ECU games. That is where my eyes go. Because that guy looks different. That guy looks like he'll be hanging around. Maybe he won't be a star. I'm not saying he's going to be like an NFL stud running back. That guy's going to play in the NFL, I think, for a, a, a
1: while. Well, we run, especially running back in the NFL. I mean, you, shit, these guys get chewed up, thrown out, pop up out of nowhere. Right. You know, but I,
0: I've been pretty good on, like, my eye for when running backs look different to me when they look like something that most college running backs don't look like. Keaton Mitchell looks like a guy that's going to be – Making seven-figure checks for a while.
1: I mean, I I definitely think he is the key to the game, and just their running game in general. I like their other running back who's a freshman. I mean, he he gets about seven—you know, five to seven. The one that's hurt? No, Marlon Gunn is that. That was um, Harris or whatever. Um, But no, I mean, Keaton Mitchell in conference, five point one yards carry, five touchdowns you know, they got, they sprinkled the BYU game in there two weeks ago, but last three games, 430 yards, six and a half yards of carry six touchdowns. Like I think their offense runs off him. Like they're, they're not super like they're not super Like they, I think so, their fans kind of have a, a, some of the same gripes with their offense as our fans have with ours. Like at least from my standpoint, like it's not super creative. Um, it's not, you know, you're not gonna get looks like a UCF is gonna give you. You know, it's it's pretty much here's what we're gonna do. It's kind of right in front of you, and we and we see how you handle it. Um you know, and UC has been susceptible against against the run at times. More and so when
0: there's a mobile quarterback. For
1: sure, for sure. But you know. Which is
0: not gonna be in play here. No. But I think this is I think this is the best back they've faced all season.
1: Uh, I would Rocket Sanders is better than him. He might set the he might set the SEC rushing record this year.
0: Okay. I I'm giving you my opinion. Your opinion no, is different.
1: No, that's I agree. I mean, he's he's probably the best back in, he's I think he's definitely the best back in the conference. Well, he has
0: he's the the, the leading rusher in the Yeah, but that doesn't
1: so I mean I know. I think RJ Harvey's a really good back and he's not even UCS I you know, leading getting UCS carries. So yeah. um but no, I mean, I think they have an advantage in the middle. Their center is 6'4", but he's only like 288. So, you know, what, what can we do up the middle? You know, their guard center guard is going to be under a lot of a lot of duress in this game just from the nature of what UC does. Yeah. You know, he seems to be really good, especially against UCF. And, you know, it was kind of a vote of contention I had with our rushing attack in that game was like, their ends crashed hard and he did a really good job of of bouncing stuff to the outside um, with our defensive alignment is that harder are we you know because got to be better contain because we don't necessarily have like these prototypical edge rushers you know is a Jabari and a Watley like they're not going to crash Phillips and Phillips just not going to not going to kind of do the whole pin your ears back and just, and just go type of thing. They're more, you know, power guys. So they're, I don't know, maybe <laughs> a little bit more capable of, of stopping that. But you know, the other, I tried to dig into them a little bit because they're obviously playing well and they could, they've had, their field goal kicking has been atrocious and, and, Has pretty much cost them two games. Like they could very easily be nine, whatever, eight and one. They're six and three, so I guess they could be eight and one. The opening game against NC State, they lost by a point and missed at least one extra point and one very short field goal. And then they did the same thing against Navy, missed several short kicks. Um, Yeah. So. They're playing very well, but I wanted to dig in a little bit and find out like how like how well is well and how much is that comparable to to UC and their opponents and and whatnot. I did find it interesting they've only played two road games.
0: Yeah, that's weird for this freaking late in the season. Like, felt like UC only played two home games before last Saturday.
1: They only have four total. They were able to get that. Three of their non conference games at home, so they only had four road games total. Um, and so they've played two lane, which they lost 24 to nine, and they beat BYU two weeks ago before their bye, yeah, 27 24. But I mean, BYU is a very hard place to play, but that team is a kind of a dumpster fire right now, they've lost four out of five. They have got blown out at home by Arkansas. They got um, kind of blown out by someone else that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, So they're certainly not playing to the level that they have been in the last couple of years. And, you know, you kind of dig into their numbers a little bit, and I thought it was interesting, like I use SP Plus a lot, And I wanted to go back and see like how much improvement have they made in SP plus from when they were three and three to now when they're six and three. And I know a lot of that has to do with like the teams around you, you know, how are they doing? Do you move up or down based on you, but also based on like how well or poorly the other teams do. Right. So overall since week seven to week 10, they've moved up nine spots in the overall overall. Their offense has only moved up two spots, their defense has moved up ten, so they're they're kind of moving up with better defensive play. Over and I'm just I'm trying to figure out if the UCF game was a, was kind of a pure outlier or if it was it was
0: from what I saw, it was just a dominant second half.
1: Like they had get,
0: one of those halves. That was a close game into the third quarter.
1: I mean, Holton Hailers completed eighty-five percent of his passes.
0: Right. That's uh, the, the second half. They just flat out dominated. They put UCF in a position that UCF doesn't want to be in with Hol- or with uh with Plumlee having to throw the ball. Like they got up two scores and they kept their foot on the gas. Hailers was hot. Like it was a it was a perfect. Um. Kind of a perfect performance from UCF's offense or ECU's offense.
1: Would you disagree? Yeah. No, I and that's the thing is like he's he's had two games this year over 80% passing. Yes. And four games under
0: 65%. Which still, as long as you're as long as you're above 60, I think you're okay. If 60 is your like if 60 is your low as long as you're not dipping into like 52 percent right 48 percent like I think if you're still at 60 you're doing what your offense is asking of you and then obviously on your good days you're going to be at 70 plus on your you know your your down days you're going to be at 60 to 65 is that fair
1: for sure but like a lot of quarterbacks have come into UC games in that range and then sure. barely completed 50% of their passes. Right. So this is not a case where you're a 70% passer because every game you're between like 67 and 73%. Right. He's a 70% passer because he's got two outliers of 80-something percent and then one game in the 70s and then four games between – uh 60 and 65. Right. I get what you're saying completely. And he's just like the 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 splits bear it out. Like he's he's 40% for 271 yards, a touchdown, four interceptions, and six sacks in his two games at Nippert.
0: He has not been good at Nippert Stadium.
1: They've trailed seventy-seven to ten at halftime of those two games. <laughs> the Cincinnati, well,
0: that was a; uh, those were both Marcus Freeman defenses. Yeah, and they kicked his ass. <laughs> that, yeah. Like, there is no other way to put it. Those were both Marcus Freeman defenses, and they both absolutely kicked his ass. Right. That's not the- to say that they won't this this Friday night. I'm just providing you a little context. No,
1: for sure, for sure. And and this defense is more aggressive, but they've been pretty good at you know they've only allowed eleven sacks. Yeah. Which is twenty-third nationally. Um third down offense is good, 50 percent. Uh they that have they have some they have nice I mean Isaiah Winstead is a Toledo transfer. He's having a really nice year at receiver sixty-four for eight seventy-one and three touchdowns. CJ Johnson, they moved him into the slot. That's really yeah. a
0: great move for
1: them. Really helped them out there. He's got 44 for 702 and eight. They got a nice tight end in Ryan Jones. Our fans will remember he had a real nice game last year. Uh, they got him going early, 35 for 362 and four. Um, the offense is good, but it is not like – It's Ju- not – Tulane dominated them. Yeah. I mean, it's not this like – I think they're playing really good. And that's the weird part is like, okay, it's really weird to me that you have your bye all the way in week nine. Like that seems crazy late. Um, And I know you want to get guys healthy and you certainly need a, just a mental break and an off your feet break. But like, does here's, the here, does the bye actually hurt them because they were playing so good coming into this week?
0: Here, Here's the other thing that I think is interesting, Dave does the buy really help you against UC? Because it's not like offense or defense. UC is doing anything all that exotic.
1: No, I think it helps you just from a standpoint of like – No, no, no,
0: I agree. We've when I'm talking, nine, in terms of we, game planning.
1: No, I mean, they know what the game plan is going to be. They right, that's what play. I'm
0: saying. There, there's no schematic advantage gained by having an off-week.
1: No, and that, that's why I wonder, like, yes, of course it helps you from the sense of, like, guys that maybe not wouldn't have practiced on a Wednesday or definitely now probably, you know, but like, where's the balance of, yes, that's important, but we're playing really good. We'd like to just keep it rolling.
0: Um, Kenny a six. I don't think I've seen you before. Welcome to the channel. Hopefully he doesn't throw the dink and dunk passes like he did against UCF. He is going to throw those passes.
1: Well, he does. They do two things. They dink and dunk, but then they also just basically throw back shoulder after back shoulder Right. In in single coverage and and try to get you to either commit pass interference, which we saw the one game when Kobe couldn't stop committing pass interference, <laughs> when CJ Johnson, Johnson had like two hundred yeah. and something yards. Yeah. So they do the they do the short quick stuff, but then they basically just run verts and get it shoulder out shoulder get back. it out quick and just and just try to throw it up in those one on one situations. So and UC plays man. So I don't know if you know, I don't think we're gonna see like a bunch more zone or anything. Um but I saw
0: some that yeah, I think ECU runs a lot of 5, 5 wide. Oh yeah, they do. I saw some interesting formations this week.
1: Yeah, they run fi- they run 5 with you know, basically like, you know, get it out quick, find find the mismatch at the line, you know, get it out, but Look, I'm
0: just telling you if you see some weird shit <laughs> this week don't be surprised in terms of uh matching up with what ecu has on the field
1: yeah you know offensively they're they're not great in the red zone they're they've they've gotten their ton 42 trips It's a lot uh which is top 25 in the country but they only have 25 touchdowns on those trips and they have seven empty trips like UC's only been in the red zone thirty times, but they've got twenty-seven conversions. Just too many of them. Or there's nine, There's eighteen touchdowns and nine field goals.
0: Yeah. And Ryan Coe is better than their kicker.
1: Yes, definitely. I think he's better than either kicker. I'm not sure which you know which one is using, but uh, but yeah. So like I mean, SP plus UC's twenty-second. They are 57th.
0: Wait a second. Hold on. I love this. What? Uh, ECU's punter is number 12, same as Ehlers. So some fuckery could be a foot. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Because your punter, as long as your starting quarterback is not, like, involved in special teams at all. I love putting the same number as your quarterback back there to punt. I I – just seeing that, I would do that. I would do that every time. I would put – of course, Mason Fletcher doesn't look anything like uh, anyone. <laughs> There's no one on a football field that looks like Mason Fletcher.
1: Yeah, you can't you're really – You're not like, fooling anybody. You're not fooling anybody with putting a new quarterback, a different number 31 back there. They're like, yeah, that's not the 6'7 long-haired punter. Something's, <laughs> something's going on.
0: But I love it. I love it. Great, great, great comment, Lambert.
1: Uh, awesome. you know, UC's 31st in FPI, UC's 51st, Sager in the UC's 38th, UC's 54th, a little bit closer there. Um, but, you know, I think they're, you know, this is, t- like, we'll get to defense, but, like, this is kind of like, this is like a remember me type game. Like, there's been all this chatter, they, they lost to UCF. Did you um, see the
0: the the? I think their defensive yeah. coordinator made a comment in their their weekly media deal that like, you know, the the players have been talking about UC since the spring and all the way through the summer and like, the Cincinnati game, the Cincinnati game, where yeah. they're 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 claiming they're coming to Nippert like
1: to on end, a mission to end the streak, yeah. Okay. Which get in line. Yeah, I mean like who hey, who hasn't been talking about that in their meetings and <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. You know, We're going to get Cincinnati Matt before they throws, get out of here.
1: Like But no, I think there's just there's you know the two, there's a lot of two-lane talk and they play UCF this week and and somehow UC's kind of, you know, become the the little bit of the forgotten team and and uh you know, I wonder if this is just maybe like a hey remember me Type game.
0: Yeah, let's get the defense because I think this is the best, most interesting. Past defense stinks. Yeah, they <laughs> they they are very aggressive. They blitz a lot. They put a lot of guys in the box. Um, it was effective against John Rice Plumley when they it's played effective
1: UCF against John Rice Plumley because he legitimately just threw the ball directly to ECU players. Four times, right? Like well, uh, three, three interceptions. Three interceptions. In One didn't count. It was at the very end of the game. Like I don't count that. It was at the very end of the game. The game was already over. He's, he's just trying to, to make a play. But, but yes, like, it was it was effective? Um, but they, you know, they do that. But yet, their stop rate is seventy third nationally. Not great. Yeah, I mean they they're sixty fourth. So. How you're being aggressive, but you're not really like making a bunch of plays that would register as, as stop rate type plays at at or behind the line. So is that really helping you? There are um, yards
0: to be gained against this ECU defense.
1: For sure. Again, another team that is good against the run. I mean, yards per carry, they're 29, 3.55 yards per carry which shows you then how bad they are against the pass because yards per play they're 97th at 5.92 yards per play. So you're two and a half yards per play worse overall than you are against the run.
0: That says you give up a lot of yards in the air against a team that wants to throw the ball.
1: Opponent QB rating 116th yards per attempt, 122nd 8. They've, Forty third in sacks, two and a half okay. just under two and a half a game, fifty eighth in tackles for loss, so better than average, but not you know, wildly. Red zone they're tenth. Nine times they've allowed no points. Uh third down they're eightieth, so that's not like anything hot. That's you know, they're giving up a higher percentage on the season than UC is converting. You know, they're giving up forty percent. UC's I think right around maybe a little bit better the last few weeks, but not Anything great? Uh, Fifteen passing touchdowns allowed, eight interceptions. Obviously, three of them against USF, UCF, or UCF. Whatever, same thing. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think UC can have success offensively. Um, you know you're going to get more drives than last week if the pa- if the passing game resembles last week there's going to be plays to be made yep you just want to see the run game be you know even though we're, you know you're probably going to have a similar percentage that you've seen you just want to see the efficiency of it uh, be a little bit better. And Chuck I thought was efficient. He had 60 with. he didn't
0: have a bad game No,
1: he had him. sixty yards with the long of eighteen. Like he was fine. They just yeah. didn't run it very much. Um, you know but I think like you're I think it's a, a similar game not game but similar game plan to last week offensively. Like c- come out throwing, work the quick stuff, get in a rhythm See if that loosens them up a little bit for for running the ball. Take advantage of Tyler Scott and what he does, and and kind of go from there. Um, it is int- I, I This was a note I had for their offense because I wanted to just see like the defenses that they were that they were playing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Tulsa they lost. Tulsa is 115th in yards per play allowed. Wait, they lost to Tulsa. No, I mean Tulane. way. okay. I was like, That doesn't
0: sound right, Dave. I mean,
1: no, Tulane. Tulsa, Tulane.
0: Tulane, same fucking thing. I get it. Trust yeah. me, I get they it. They
1: lost to Tulane. Nobody
0: gets it more than me. I get it.
1: Scored nine points on the road against a team that is playing well. 15th in yards per play allowed. UC is still like a top 10 yards per play allowed oh. team. Right. So the other defenses that they played – this is where I was kind of wondering if like the UCF game was an anomaly. UCF is 49th in yards per play allowed. So they top 50 and they and they beat them handily. There are other wins since conference play started. Mem- they beat Memphis in overtime. Memphis is 81st in yards per play. And then BYU, Navy, and USF are all 100 or worse in yards per play. And now they're playing a team that's like fourth or fifth, I think, in yards per play allowed on the road. So, you know, this is kind of what we talked about earlier. Like, the regardless of what the passer has been outside of Mike Keen. Who, right. then, who then was absolutely incredible against Memphis. Like anybody. That Turns comes- out Mikey Keene
0: can pass, which is why Gus Malzahn didn't want him running his offense.
1: Right. <laughs> but Gus it's like- Malzahn
0: wants a running back playing quarterback. Pretty Mikey much. In- Keen, he was like, "Ah, eh, you know what, Dave? UCF would probably be in control of this whole thing. If they just played Mikey Keene from the start of the yeah. year, not John Rice Plumley,
1: Maybe, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough
0: to them to coaches don't like to pass.
1: Tough to say. <laughs> yeah,
0: you
1: know, but you just every quarterback I'm, that they've I'm basically not takery. No, I, I love it. Every quarterback they've gone against has seen like a significant drop in <laughs> yeah. their in their play, you know in their play outside of what they've done the rest of the season, at least in conference. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I I respect the fact that Houston has built a good program. He has built them up to where this is kind of like their go time, right? Like you're in the, the last year of Ayler's, like <coughs> –
1: yeah, they they were probably like UC graduated all these dudes. The NFL, they certainly didn't see Tulane coming off of a two and ten season, losing right. both their offensive and defensive coordinators, and now being nine and one. So or eight and one, whatever their record is. Um, but yeah, so they probably looked at this as like, a, we've got three, you know. Three non-conference games at home. We, you know, we we got UCF at home. Like, we're, we, this could be a year where we, you know, everything kind of comes together. And, and still, they're not in a position to win the conference. They're
0: just in a position to play spoiler.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if they won out, everybody would have to have two.
0: Or or at least they would have to be yeah,
1: but I mean like if they won the out, last
0: one with two left standing.
1: Yeah, if they won out, if UCF beat two lane and then UC beat two lane and they'd have a tiebreaker over like there's still I think there's there's ways, but they it's not just up to them. Right.
0: That's gotta be disappointing in some way, shape, or form for them, considering what they thought this year could be.
1: Yeah, I would. I would think so. I'm just saying. Who's who's their other conference lost to besides Navy?
0: Uh, Tulane. That's yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, they've lost to the Navy and Tulane. Yeah. The they I mean, this could be if they didn't lose for for whatever reason they didn't shit the bed and lose the Navy. Like this could be for a, the spot alongside Tulane in the conference championship.
1: Yeah. They'd be in the, Definitely be in the, in the, in the driver's seat.
0: <clears throat> don't lose the Navy.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I don't see them winning Friday night,
0: but I don't either. I just, I, unless Keaton Mitchell goes wild, I think that's, if we're here, Next week, talking about an ECU win, I think that's really the only way it happens, is that Keaton Mitchell is just the best player on the field.
1: I think that, and I think, you know, if UC's offense gets super inconsistent and doesn't, but their pass defense is, is, is see, that's the thing. is like their pass defense almost doesn't allow them not to hit some big plays, unless it just does something that it hasn't done all year,
0: all year, yeah. At Nippert, and that's, what that's, I mean, that's it's the thing, man.
1: Like the streak is worried really about a, the weather. Just, no, what's there to worry about the weather?
0: Um, supposed to get cold.
1: Okay, great.
0: And we'll see. There's a hurricane blowing through wow,
1: that day. That's, I thought it was supposed to stop raining at like four o'clock.
0: I mean, that's what it says right now. It also said at this point in time last week. That it was gonna rain all goddamn day,
1: <laughs> and guess on, what? Sorry,
0: did it rain Saturday at all?
1: Uh, no.
0: The forecast was for like ninety percent rain going into Saturday. High winds, ninety percent rain. I think I felt like six drops of rain on me throughout that game. Yeah, uh, and the the high winds were done by kickoff. I. But it's supposed to get cold, cold, cold.
1: Right? Yeah, it's – yeah, I just – UC's defense has just been too consistent against, you know, offenses like this. Whether that don't
0: was, have a running quarterback. That can, whether it was Tulsa,
1: whether it was SMU, yeah. like, that, that want to do this type of thing. Um,
0: I just don't think those teams had Keaton Mitchell.
1: No, absolutely not. None, nothing, nothing, even in the in the same realm. Um, I'm just I'm
0: giving you my concern.
1: No, I I, I would my be concern con- I'm at the start concerned. I'm concerned segment. I'm mean, giving you
0: my concern at the end of the segment. I agree. I think King Mitchell is a fucking dude.
1: I agree with you. He's he's like, what he does is much more to me like a deciding factor. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then.
0: The other thing is if he gets going, that allows Ehlers to get going a little
1: bit. Yeah, then you just hit the and he just starts hitting all those that little stuff and, it, and you it's, know yeah yeah, so you know, gotta What's gotta a, get back gotta get back to getting pressure on a more stationary quarterback, um, you know getting into the longer downs and distance. Obviously that didn't really happen against UCF. It didn't really happen last week because of the nature of Navy. So can we, can we get back to to that element of it, and you know, got to got to get some turn, got you know, interse- some interceptions, some turnovers, some some big plays, whether it's defensively or special teams. Those have kind of been, you know, we had a lot at the beginning of the year, especially defensively, but haven't, you know, haven't had many of late. Right.
0: So, um. What's your uh, what's your What what are
1: you going with? Give me your score. You know, Ryan Coe's been been money. um, And UC still is struggling in the red zone. ECU is good in the red zone. So I think we're definitely looking at like a – you know, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if we were looking at like a 2-3 field goal game. So I think I'm going to go – I'm going to go 38 – Yeah,
0: 38-27. I think think it's going to be a touchdown game. I don't know why. I I, I think 35-24 sounds about right to me. Is ECU a highly penalized team, Dave?
1: I did not look that up. I can very quickly if you'd
0: like. Okay. Uh, Kenny A6, who is new, uh, would like.
1: Comparatively speaking to UC, I'm gonna probably say no. Right.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although only six. I
1: guess oh, uh, maybe. they're the polar opposite of UC. They they're don't the, get penalized at all. They're the second well here, penalties a game. They're third nationally at three point nine. Twenty nine point four yards per game. Okay. UC is, a, UC is as you see, as 128 the 8.7 penalties per game. Uh, I need a timeout. What's your timeout?
0: I thought this was an aggressive team. We've heard all week how aggressive ECU is. You're aggressive with three penalties a game. I don't believe that.
1: Controlled aggression.
0: Jeff wants to know if you believe UC is
1: a highly penalized team. I I would I would concur and I would also say that I don't care at all.
0: <laughs> Davis is a guy that doesn't mind committing penalties in life or and on the football field.
1: Well here you, you want to hear who some of the most highly penalized teams are this year? I would love to. Uh Houston, UC Alabama and Utah State. All have 8.7 penalties per game. Tennessee has 8.4 penalties per game. Um, let's see if, and then if you want to go to the other end of the spectrum, Tulane is a very uh, minimally penalized team. Georgia is in the top 10. Michigan is 12th. TCU is 16th. So I think this year this year is shaping up a year where bad teams get penalized, good teams don't, but that is certainly not, not always the case. I think that's most years. Like last year, the least penalized teams were Louisiana, Monroe, Eastern Michigan, Army, Kansas – Iowa, Air Force, LSU, Washington, Navy, and UNLV. All those teams stunk. Right. (laughs) Like, those were some of the worst teams in the nation last year.
0: Right. Iowa was okay last year, weren't they? They were okay.
1: But, I mean, you're talking about Kansas stunk. LSU stunk. Washington was terrible. Navy was terrible. UNLV was terrible. I think it's like that most years. It's it's a it's a very much of just like to me like a mixed bag. Like you don't want like you obviously I think UC has been overly uh undisciplined in your delay of games, your false yes. starts, your your things of that nature. Yeah. Penal it's not like they're having a ton of like holding penalties or pass right. interference penalties where you're like, what are they teaching? Like why can't they stop grabbing the receiver right. or why can't the offensive lineman stop on, holding the defensive lineman? It's why
0: is it every time on second and four, they hold on the obvious run play and it's second and 14,
1: right? It's it's very much of just, you know, penalties of aggression, penalties of stupidity penalties of, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But uh there are certain ones, especially, you know, that need, that need not happen. If you're if you're a good football team, if you're a disciplined football team, those penalties do not happen, um, you know. But like you look at Alabama this year, and, and they're uncharacteristically undisciplined, and it shows in in their performances.
0: And they're having a lot of those penalties we just talked about: yeah, holding, pass interference. And, you know, um, I have bad news. That's not good. I don't think I'll be able to to hit up the tailgate.
1: Oh, okay. You're lost, man.
0: I I would like to. I want <laughs> to. But, like, a month ago, I agreed to fill in for Mo on Thursday and Friday. So, i going to be... You a- forgot
1: that there was a game? No, I just...
0: Again, we've talked about this. Future, like, me dealing with future commitments just says to myself, I'll figure it out. So if you ask me to do something a month in advance, I will always say yes. And then when it gets here, I'm screwed. I've got to do Mo tomorrow and Friday. Tomorrow, basketball game, Friday, football game. But here's here's what you have to know as a fill-in guy for radio, right? When you start saying you know no, you know what they do?
1: Right. They start bumping you down the list because they'll just stop calling you.
0: They yeah. just find somebody else to fill in. So they give me the dates, you know, six, four to six weeks in advance. And I just say, yes, no matter what is happening. And then if I have to make a change then I'll let them know later that I have to make a change.
1: Yeah, You, you always want to be first on the list. And if that means right. you have to uh...
0: not sleep for a week, then that means you have to not sleep for a week. Is what it is. So uh, I, I should I, I should get out of there on Friday, you know, right around six o'clock. Uh, and then by the time I get down there and park, like I, I imagine, traffic is going to be a nightmare. Right around six thirty. Six six thirty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> getting downtown from Kenwood at six o'clock. Yeah, that should be yeah. sweet. Yeah. And then getting onto campus and. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I don't think I'm going to be able to make it this
1: week. But wait, I thought, oh, because there's a bye week. Because so, usually on Fridays they have the Bengals show, right? Right. I, yeah. So because there's a bye week, it's a regular show.
0: So and because there's like a bye week, and there's not like Mo doesn't have to do all the normal Mo things that Mo is going to be out of town for. You know, Mo is. I've never seen anyone more elite than Mo at maximizing vacation days. <laughs> Mo is the master of like the four and five day weekend like I'm going to take two here and I get one there give me Saturday and Sunday all of a sudden I got a week off and I only took two vacation days Yeah, like Mo is elite at that and this was an opportunity for him to do that uh, so he did Um, so yeah I'm in tomorrow and Friday for Mo which means luckily Tomorrow's basketball game starts at eight. So I will have plenty of time uh, okay. to get down uh, and get situated for the basketball game. But the football game on Friday is going to be a problem.
1: Yeah. Sounds be like a problem. It. Well, I'll be in my usual spot, assuming the weather cooperates. Yeah. Um,
0: Tell your mom and your aunt. I'm sorry. Give them a hug. Uh, Tell them well, them.
1: My mom, I'm sure, is listening or will be tomorrow. So, so. your mom.
0: And your aunt, Monday.
1: What was Monday?
0: The the first basketball game.
1: Oh, did you see them?
0: So, I generally, there's a, um, <laughs> in that, the club. Yes. There's a, like a Pepsi remix machine.
1: Yes. Uh-huh.
0: And I like getting a water with ice for the game.
1: As some do.
0: So I usually, right before tip-off, I sneak up into there, and I get an ice water, and then I go back, because you can cut right across to where the media seats are. So I'm at the machine. You know, you got to hit the button for ice, yeah. then you got to push the button for water. Yes, I,
1: I know how those work.
0: And the whole time I'm doing that, Chad, 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 <laughs> Chad, hey, Chad. And finally, like the water fills up and I'm done. And I turn around, and it's your mom and your aunt. And I'm like, I what what did what did you want me to do? I was <laughs> holding the cup, fill it like I, I couldn't let go of the button.
1: You're ignoring them.
0: That's and what he, they thought. Like they,
1: instant, instant, you know, recognition.
0: <laughs> it was my favorite moment of Monday night.
1: I'm glad they could be a part of it.
0: Do you know the, the menu?
1: No, I don't yet. Okay. I don't. Sorry. I did want to uh, say before we – I know we're going to now move to basketball. Uh, I did want to say that with this, you know, only three games left in the schedule, we, we started some scoreboard watching, and there's obviously a big one at the uh, high school stadium in New Orleans this weekend where UCF is taking on Tulane. Yes. Assuming, you know, we're going to assume UC wins Friday night. You know, it's basically down to like UCF wins. Round Robin. Yeah, UCF wins. UC beats ECU or beats Tulane. You're probably looking at a return trip to Orlando. If you want a home game, you want Tulane to win, and then UC beat Tulane, and then there's a you know a possibility then that they would jump them and, and get the home game. Correct. Or, I mean, I could be totally what is, wrong.
0: What does have next week?
1: Here, here's the thing though. the The home game. Wouldn't the home game though then go to the winner of the head to head? If it's a
0: if it's a, a straight up tie, yes.
1: So like would that not be a straight up tie because like they beat like we beat them? That's their only so one?
0: a three way tie creates tiebreaker situation.
1: Well it wouldn't be a three way tie if they beat you.
0: East- I know, I'm just saying.
1: 'Cause I know last year it was the rankings dictated the home field because UC and Houston didn't play. Right. So all of
0: these three teams will have played.
1: Right. But what I'm wondering is is yes, if UC beat Tulane, does that and they does that supersede the fact that UC lost to UCF and Tulane would have beaten them?
0: Just UCF to, would have two losses.
1: Right. But I'm just saying, like, does that straight head to head UC over two lane is that all that matters because they both would have one if loss.
0: they are the two te- if there are only two teams with one loss head to head breaks the tie
1: well then there you go root for two lane and then beat them on senior night and you get another home conference championship game
0: I think there's a lot of people at UC that would love to go back to the bounce house why <laughs> to prove that that was a fluke
1: Versus hosting a, another game?
0: No, but I mean, I think they just like it. You it, UC, see, UCF is like a thing, right? Like, I think there's people that want to go back and and show them, like, we, we're we better than you.
1: I'd, of course I'd, you want to play it, Nippert. Nipper. I'd rather them not even make it and wave to them <laughs> saying that we're better than you while we hoist that third straight. I, I receiver, just, I think. do
0: think there's like a sentiment of, like, I want to go back down there and like, Right. Oh, I, don't,
1: I don't doubt that, but that's not the most practical way to win a conference no. championship.
0: Well, when 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 do people in athletics ever like think practically on, on rivalry stuff? I don't know. That's not how brains work.
1: Probably not often.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Th- what you want is Tulane to come in undefeated in the conference, Cincinnati to have one loss, Cincinnati beats Tulane, UC gets the tiebreaker. The following week, they host Tulane for the AAC championship, and then at that point, I don't think there's any doubt that the winner would go to the NY six. No, uh, it,
1: it seems like UC would be goal
0: to play Alabama.
1: UC would be eleven and two. Mm-hmm. Tulane would be, you know, twelve and would be twelve and one. No, I don't. I don't would they lost
0: to UC? No, they would be twelve and they would be eleven and two. Right. Because they lost to UC and then they lost to UC again. No,
1: I'm saying if they won the conference, you said that the AAC would get the bid. Like they would have beaten UC in the conference championship.
0: Either way, I think if if it's if if Tulane wins out until UC loses in the regular season and then wins the conference championship, they would get the new year six. Oh, yeah. And if UC wins out and doesn't lose the the rest of the year, AAC
1: is getting the, the bid. Yes. And you then know,
0: the winner of the AAC championship would go to the top of the case. Unless Tulane,
1: Alabama. unless Tulane, UCF, and UC all drop their non-game yeah. non-game against each other.
0: Right. All right, you want to talk some
1: hoops? Sure. Hello, Crypt Keeper.
0: Crypt Keeper, what's going on, my friend?
1: Um that was fun. It was fun.
0: It I don't think it tells us much.
1: Nope, not one really bit.
0: (laughs) But it does tell us, I think, to see a team that's more fun to watch than last year.
1: You know what it tells us? What? Louisville, not good.
0: Yeah, it tells us that. We knew that. We were aware of that.
1: I didn't realize they also lost to Lenore Rhine.
0: Yeah, they they almost lost to Chaminade and lost to Lenore Rhine. Chris Mack did a hell of a job putting that team together. Whoa. What are your – give me your – we've obviously done a bunch of shit, done a bunch of content on it. Give me your thoughts on watching the debut uh, of UC basketball 2022-23.
1: My my thoughts are uh, offensively, score aside, opponent aside, obviously opponent plays a part in this. But I just thought overall the offense played with more pace and tempo – It flowed nicely. Uh, There was quality player movement. The ball did not stick when it was entered into the post or the corner or after they ran a set that wasn't successful and kind of would reset and run something else. Like none of that has to do with making shots. And I think all of those things at times were issues last year. And so it, we have one game to go off of, and so those are my my kind of big-picture things that I enjoyed uh, outside of, like, guys' individual performances and... Individually.
0: Landers Nolly, go.
1: He seems like a good basketball player. <laughs> How about that, right? Yes. I mean, I said, especially at the beginning of the game, on the Twitter, I said, if they don't miss a shot all season... I feel good about them winning a lot of games.
0: What was it? At one point they were shooting uh, 83% from the field
1: and, 100% and 70%, a hundred
0: percent from three.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They 100% made, like their three. first four or something. Yeah. But no, I mean like you don't have to play a good team or a bad team to play with pace, play with tempo, move, move without the ball uh you know make the move, extra pass. Move the ball itself. You know, yeah. don't drip you know, don't that it you know, you didn't see a bunch of like dribbling into double teams or like going baseline when you shouldn't go baseline and forcing some some dumb pass after you've been you know put in jail. Uh you know offensively I, I thought it was entertaining. It was fast paced. It was you know and and again Chaminade has something to do with that in the fact that like they didn't play a game trying to muck it up because they were outmanned, like they just kind of played their game too, and, and whatever yeah. happens, happens.
0: I thought I thought they made, even though they only shot like 35, 36 percent, I thought Chaminade made some pretty contested like tough shots where there was a hand up in like it wasn't a hand that was going to be able to block the shot, but it was a hand that was in like good position to contest. They still made the shot. Good for them. Like I, I, I judge a lot of that on like was the defense where it was supposed to be,
1: right? Like you can't, I thought, you can't, you know, predict the result. But you know, right. if, the, if the play was designed the way you wanted it or whatever, But, yeah.
0: Um, point guard, I, I thought Mike Adams Woods looked like I saw in the preseason where he was more confident and more assertive finishing at the rim. He did um, a little bit better on his catch and shoot opportunities. Um, He was a guy that, that looks to be ready to be like a a senior, if that makes sense. Sure. And then I thought Rob fantasy was really good behind him. If if you're just going to get, if you tell me you've got the Julius, you've got Nolly, you've got, uh, JD you've got John Newman and your point guards are going to be solid. I feel pretty good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, that's, I think that plays into the fact of like the ball, not sticking is when you, when you have options right? and that, and that first you, you obviously run a set or a play or whatever for a specific person to take advantage of a situation. But when that isn't there, they were it was it seemed very natural, very easy for them to get to their next set, hey. their next play, their next whatever. Versus last Ash. year last yeah. year it was like, okay, we ran this play for De Julius and they double teamed him. And now he passes it out because he you know to get out of the double team. And now what do we do? Right. It's like okay, well, we hold we hold the ball, we wait for we him tried, to try
0: we try to get it back to Dave.
1: We wait for him to over. run back over and get it from <laughs> us, and we just run the same thing over again, and maybe it'll right. work the second time
0: right there definitely was more action there definitely was more movement um the one thing that's like it's an insane stat it's not repeatable the fast break points that's not something you you can do against a good team 38
1: to two yeah I don't think we're gonna see that again I mean I don't know Cleveland State, Lost to uh, who did they Notre lose Dame to? University. Oh yes, the not the Fighting Irish.
0: No. No. <laughs> no.
1: So, yeah, the, non- con- the non-con schedule outside knows. of Maui and, and Xavier might not be. Uh...
0: Um, actually, I think. I... So the thought with Cleveland State was they've been right at the top of that conference for a long time.
1: Did but Dennis people, Gates left. Right. Did all the people, all the good players, leave when Dennis Gates left?
0: Right. So, but when you schedule Cleveland State, you're still kind of there's a couple teams. I think Eastern is interesting, the way that they play. Northern N, has a good team. Okay. Yeah. Um, I
1: mean, they're what they were projected or predicted to finish first in the Horizon, right?
0: Yeah. Like uh, there's some good I mean, mid majors sure, on sure the schedule. Right. State where
1: will continue to wear their ass out, but whatever. <laughs>
0: There are some good mid majors on the schedule where if you don't play well, you're going to be in trouble.
1: I actually want like I don't know if Aaron's on, but this is beside like. Do you think does Aaron talk Wright State Nku shit? I don't know. That'd be great.
0: <laughs> Butler. Butler was more of our rival when I was there. Nku wasn't even in
1: the conference. Right, but, like now they're like Wright State pretty much owns them. I mean, I have. Choice words for NKU largely due to the previous regime, but <laughs> I won't get into that. William Wampler, baby.
0: Um, Matthew tried to pay attention to Shamanite game, ESPN plus made it hard. Um, that's I, I must
1: have ESPN plus plus.
0: Did Gosh. you go through Hulu?
1: No, I was straight ESPN no. app on the smart TV. I didn't really have any problems.
0: A lot of the people said they used. Hulu because if you bundle you get Disney plus Hulu yeah and ESPN plus they said they went through Hulu to watch the game and they had a much easier experience. I always say that because most of these non-conference games are going to be on ESPN plus right so we need to all educate each other and help each other and just on so the, the best way know, to watch the game.
1: The ESPN plus game is being produced by UC students. Yeah. They have one of the premier uh in-house production company like groups in the nation. Matthew,
0: thank you for the super sticker.
1: What is what does Much
0: that mean? Uh he subscribed. Oh. He's now a member. So thank you. Um Jason says he went through the Xbox on his TV and it was awful.
1: I had a couple like buffering moments, but it sounded like that was not anywhere near the issue that you know others were having. A lot of
0: people got kicked like 3 4 times or they got like booted out of the broadcast.
1: I have a weird thing with my ESPN Plus. 4 that times. That when I want to go rewatch not one,
0: not two, not 3, 4. There were people on Twitter saying up to 10.
1: Their customer service is also absolute dog shit. Because that's it's non existent. Right. It's, it's, this,
0: it can't be bad. It's NA. I,
1: like, have yeah. this weird, I have this weird thing that happens when I want to re watch a UC thing on my TV. It doesn't allow me. It says, like, I'm not authenticated to watch this or whatever. But when I watch it on an iPad, it's fine. I don't, I don't understand what, so what's happening.
0: Natalie said Hulu worked beautifully for her. Um, this I, not- I would go through Hulu. Everybody that used Hulu said it was awesome. This is what the Pac-12 has to look forward to if they go
1: all streaming.
0: We've talked about it at length, ad nauseum.
1: But anyway, that was your Meteorite segment on Bearcat Journal. <laughs> How to navigate ESPN+. They were fun. It was fun to watch. It was. It was. It no, was a brand
0: sure. of basketball... That was fun to watch.
1: It's it feels repeatable, obviously in in different uh, yeah. levels based on competition. Um,
0: I like you know, the two two one press. I think
1: it's hard. I think it's harder to glean anything defensively because you're 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 basically like out manning them. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it felt like. The pressure was effective, uh, maybe not as effective as Coach Miller thought based on some calls that didn't go his way.
0: Well, I mean, when you get a 10-second call and the refs don't call it. Twice. You're
1: be no. I'm, surprised be get, I'm surprised he didn't get a T the second time. which, which wanted I, to. Which I would have been a big fan of. Like, <laughs> he wanted to. I'm a big fan of like a T in the first game. I think that sets a good tone for the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought they had active hands. Um, you know, stuff like rebounding and it's hard. You know, their tallest guy was like what? Six, five, six, seven.
0: Yeah. Matthew, yeah. I, I can't give you a ton on the half court. They scored 38 of their 98 points.
1: There, was, there wasn't a ton in half in true half court sets. I mean, they I thought bo- they
0: moved the ball well. Yeah. I thought they made the extra pass. I thought they got the ball to the open. Look, I loved and Here's here's the part of the thing I loved the most that might not be relatable. Landers Nolly kept finding himself with like a 5'10 white kid. <laughs> so they threw the ball not, to him in the mid post or the low post with a 5'10 white kid on him. Oh, it's and guess what? He did really good in those looks. It's in those real- opportunities with a 5'10 white kid on him, Landers Nolly was awesome. <laughs>
1: it's relatable, I'm just not sure it's repeatable. Right. <laughs>
0: but I do want to see more like if if you can if you're really truly playing him at the 3 and you can get him onto a two guard where he can get to the mid post and be able to play with his back to the basket where he's an excellent passer, he's got that little baseline fadeaway he can do a bunch of different things that make you uncomfortable. Like, I love that look in the half-court offense. I thought it was it, – it's something – they did it some with Jaron. I always thought they should have done that more with Jaron,
1: Right. And oh, let yeah.
0: him bully guys in the mid-post.
1: They did it all the time with Troy.
0: Yeah. Because Troy was had point guards. Like, right? Like, a little different when you're dealing with, yeah, like, twos Yeah, sure. And threes. sure. Um, but I, I love that from, from Landers. Um, I think it was Aaron that was like, said something about Dave back, and it was like, no, Dave back was great last year. It's just that he had three guys draped all over him at every point in time.
1: Well, it loses is it loses its effect when you have to go to it so often.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. You know. It's
0: great. It's like three or four times a game. DGJ is putting a guy in a blender and hitting a step back. When when it has to happen twenty times a game,
1: because they know you're not right, going to so. pass it to anybody else. Right, they can, right. They, can, they can crowd you, and you have no you have no room. Uh, you know something like we didn't get to see. Like we have no idea on offensive rebounding. They shot the ball very well, and they're also playing a team that they better get a lot of offensive rebounds against.
0: I, um, I thought it was good that they like as many shots as Shamanad missed. They only got five offensive rebounds. I think two of them were like knocked out of bounds, team like rebounds. Team rebound. So there was really only three true offensive rebounds in the game, in a game where Shamanad yeah. missed a lot of shots. Um generally a team like like you can get outworked on the on the defensive glass. And that didn't happen. Shamanad was not able to like out hustle them. <laughs> the loose balls so I thought that was a positive I'm still when you get to Arizona Ohio State San Diego State like what the beginning of Maui is going to look like I'm worried about rebounding still um but night one you know you can only cover what you saw
1: no what I saw was a
0: team that did what I expected them to do on the glass Against you, an inferior opponent.
1: You can also beat an inferior opponent by whatever margin you want while also not doing the things we talked about. Like, right. You, know, you could very easily win that game by 20, 25 points. Sure. And, and be like, yeah, it's still, the offense still kind of looks stagnant. They're still well, not,
0: you know. That was my take, my main takeaway last night on the, the video nightcap we did was that their largest margin of, you know, lead in the game came with a minute left. Right. Which which says to me, they didn't just build a big lead at halftime and then like
1: right. gradually
0: yeah. coast to the finish. Or get
1: sloppy and it goes, right. down, That's what it I mean. goes down to like 17. And right. you're, never, you're never in jeopardy of it being close, but you're just like playing with your food. For the first 10 minutes of the second half.
0: And then we talk about, well, they were up by 25 at halftime and they won by 22. Instead, we get to say they're up by 25 at halftime. They won by 40. Like, that's what you want to see. We've seen too many times over the past three years, Dave, where they build these 10, 15, 17-point leads, and then these inferior opponents go on a 12-0 run.
1: Yeah, and all and then, of a sudden,
0: it's a three possession game, and you're like, what the shit just happened?
1: Yeah, it's a five point game with the under seven timeout, and then it's, right. an actual, and it's a game. I'm
0: done with that. I'm over that. Don't do that.
1: Did you, hear you hear that what you Co- did yesterday? Coach, Coach Miller, don't do that. Or two I'm sure days he's, ago. I'm sure he's listening.
0: I don't know what day it is. Huh. All right. I don't have a whole lot else. Do you?
1: I don't think what so. Are, what
0: are your thoughts on paying for a blue check? Is Dave Simone going to pay $8 for a blue check?
1: Uh, Right now, I would say that it's highly unlikely.
0: Are you going to be upset if I pay $8 for Bearcat Journal to have a blue check?
1: Why would I, I care? Got mine. You could literally do whatever you want with Bearcat <laughs> Journal. I don't give a shit.
0: Well, there's well, this this conversation. that Why would support. I care? They're going to suppress <laughs> content creation. If you don't pay
1: the $8. I mean, my personal page is not creating any content (laughs) that, uh, you know, I would feel is value is valued at $8 a month, uh, (laughs) you know, to, to make sure that my, you know, wonderful tweets about whatever it is, food bangles, you know, just being a general smart ass, (laughs) um, you know, I don't think any of those are are worth me paying $8 a month for. So, you know, you want to pay for the Bearcat Journal one? Knock your socks off.
0: I think what what I'm probably going to have to do is pay for the Bearcat Journal one. And I'll decide on my own. I I don't care enough about the blue check to, like...
1: You don't tweet anything out. Like, anything that you tweet out, you see-wise, I just retweet.
0: Right, and anything... Anything that's like really newsy, I just put on the website because people pay for that,
1: right? Like, it's not I don't like put that information on Twitter. It's, well, it's not like right. Like you tweet out, you tweet, we tweet out stuff. You tweet out things from your personal account, but there, it's not like that's the only place you can find it. Right. It is also on the website, right? So, like, I can retweet it, but you like people know that every. Nightcap is on the website. Every coach's press conference is on the web. Like, the only place to view it is not just on, you know, or you, you, know, you can also just start putting it on YouTube, the YouTube page, too. Right.
0: I'll probably pay for the Bearcat Journal account to be verified.
1: As long as you don't take that out of my, you know, monthly.
0: No, $8 a month is coming out <laughs> of your pay. But if it makes like uh, he's also talked about more money for content creation, so maybe that eight dollars makes you a hundred dollars. Maybe so then I would I then would maybe
1: agree. I then maybe I'll get I'll just start firing off content left and right on my personal one and we'll we'll see how, how weird we can get.
0: I love it. I love it. Uh is there anything to page not signing with USC today? I, I, I've had so much going on today that I don't know. Um, I had like five hours of work and then I came home. We went to to, to Texas Roadhouse and, and had dinner. And then I came straight back here and started doing this. So I have not looked into any of that at all. I'll ask around. Um, I didn't know that was a thing until we really basically started doing this. Uh, but why didn't Prater play versus shamanod? I'll tell you this Natalie. I watched Evan play basketball. He could he could have got some minutes against shamand. He might have been shamand's best player if he was playing for shamand. <laughs> so maybe he could have hit the portal.
1: I don't know that one dude with like that the uh, alliteration last name that I couldn't pronounce he was pretty he was pretty good. Is there anything to fickle's daughter going to Indiana to play volleyball? Huh? Like, as far as what? I'm just stirring the pot. What? Like, I mean, if you're gonna stir the
0: pot, like she she committed something. She committed to Indiana. Okay, just Just her. Fickle to Indiana. What what would there be to it? Fickle to Indiana. You're fired.
1: (laughs) No, you're you're just not allowed to come on. You just have to only produce. You're.
0: Yeah. Does anybody know a producer? Like a, a, somebody that can <laughs> that can do this a couple nights like. Anyhow. Um <laughs> I I think we're good. I, I think we hit almost everything tonight. I think we had a good show. I think we will be back. Um we gotta check next week. I think the, the NKU game is. The 16th, I think we should be good. We got we to keep our eyes open for like games that pop up but on if The NKU
1: game is the 16th. That's Wednesday.
0: Oh, shit. Well, then we're going to have to figure something out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, we will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you and Aaron want to do the show while I'm at the game, no. so you're more than welcome.
1: I don't know. I, no, I don't I need mean to do a. Uh, you know, we don't have to uh, preview Temple on a very specific day. Right.
0: PTP. Like uh, we'll work something out Thursday, I suppose, with the uh, with the Rocket Truth guys.
1: Just maybe we them, just do just have them go Wednesday. Or
0: maybe, I'm just saying, maybe next Thursday we do 7:30. And we hard 90 minutes out. And we're done at nine o'clock when Rocket Truth starts.
1: It could be possible.
0: I know that would like, that's a dream for you, right? Hard 90 minutes out at nine o'clock. You get to go do your thing for a couple hours.
1: Yeah, I'm good at not even going 90 minutes on my own show that I said wasn't (laughs) going to go longer than 90 minutes.
0: (laughs) Right. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Good stuff tonight. Bearcats ECU on uh, on Friday. And then uh, before that, you get UC and uh, Cleveland State. And then Isaiah Collier in town on Saturday at Sycamore, 330. If you can make it, go. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it helps. I have no clue. Maybe he's already picked UC and he's already signed his LOI. I don't know. What I do know... The kid's going to be in Cincinnati, and there's maybe a chance that this impacts his decision. So, if you're free and you got an hour or two, go to the game. And then uh, a game on Sunday for basketball, and a bunch of content next week, and the train keeps on rolling. All right. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. This is... The Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on bearcutjournal.com.